You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News. And today, we are finishing off, I think, seven straight podcasts talking about transactions. Last week was all trade deadline talk. Pacers completely restructured their team yesterday. Kevin Pritchard talked about the direction of the team. Today, I'm going to talk about, now that the deadline is over, what can the Pacers do the rest of their season? What kind of little tweaks can they make to either improve their standing a little this season, set up themselves for next year, guys they could set up. For signings next year, other ways they can still improve long-term with the rest of the season going on. And they might not do a lot, but it is possible for them to still make their team better for the rest of the season. And then once this is done, we can really focus on the rest of the season. Just games, they got a back-to-back coming up with Milwaukee and Washington. Looking forward to watching those games. Continue to talk about how the new guys are fitting in Indiana as they change directions. But let's start with what can they do this season. And this all kind of hinges on two kinds of moves. So we're going to go in order of... This would have these one of these first two things would have to happen for most of the other stuff to happen. So we're going to break this down in order of buyouts, waivers, signings, conversions, and extensions. The first two kind of play hand in hand. So here's all the stuff the Pacers can do the rest of the season. There might be some other stuff that they technically can do, but they can't do in practice. If that makes any sense, I'm going to talk about the stuff that they can legally do, and it's possible that it happens. So. The first category and kind of a prerequisite for a lot of the stuff and the moves the Pacers could make the rest of the season. And by the way, before I really dive in, this isn't just making stuff up or like this could happen kind of stuff. There's already moves that have happened since the deadline. You know, we've already seen Aaron Wiggins get a long four-year deal in OKC. Uh, Daniel House signed with the, the with the Jazz for the rest of the season. There was one other signing I can't remember that happened literally right after the deadline. Uh, Luke Cornett. Luke Cornett signed with the Celtics for the rest of the season. Like stuff is already happening. Teams are already setting themselves up. Wiggins got a four-year deal. Teams are already setting themselves up for future seasons and their own stretch runs. So the Pacers should be no different. And the big thing that would kind of dictate the rest of their their season or could dictate other moves would be a waiver or a buyout. Because as it stands right now, the Pacers have no roster spots available. Their team is entirely full. They've kind of they're kind of close to the tax. They've kind of filled out a rotation of young guys anyway. So anything that would happen would kind of require, because they're close to the tax and they have some bonuses that make it scary, uh, and because they have a full team, they would have to either do a buyout or a waiver to clear a roster spot. Now, just looking at who's on the team, there's not a lot of guys that make sense for just a pure waiver. You know, Kiefer Sykes, is now that he's on the team, he's as cheap as a contract can possibly be. You don't save any money by cutting him at this stage. And, you know, he was the guy that I talked about before the deadline, maybe made a little sense. And other than that, everybody seems like they're pretty secure in their spot, either in the rotation or going to be a future piece on this team, likely at least, except for Ricky Rubio. So just in terms of a straight waiver, I think Ricky Rubio is the only guy that makes any sense as just, let's just cut the sky and get a roster spot instead. And I'll actually talk about some considerations with that in a second. But you know, the reason he would never accept a buyout, the reason a player does accept a buyout And if the player takes a buyout, their cap hit goes down, which would allow the Pacers to add another player and be free of the tax, is because they can make up that money somewhere else, or they're willing to even lose a little bit of money to be in a situation that they prefer, whether that's 
uh, on a championship contending team. Maybe they don't play there, but they have a really good shot at a ring. Like if a guy, like if Tristan Thompson, he's the most common buyout guy, we'll get to him later. If he thinks that Milwaukee could scoop him up and he might be able to be their third center, maybe he'd be into that. Or maybe a buyout guy realizes they can get way more minutes on another team and set themselves up for a big contract in the future. That's another reason to chase a buyout. But you have to get signed by that team for it to be worth it or else you just lose money. And Ricky Rubio is out for the season. So why would he take a buyout? No one else will scoop him up. So Ricky Rubio, they could just wave at some point. But I think in order to do that, they would need to know they have more space away from the tax to bring someone in. So I think a buyout would definitely be more likely of the ways that the Pacers could clear a spot. And that's where I think that's this is the what I think number one most likely move the Pacers make the rest of the season is is a buyout of Tristan Thompson. I don't know if it's going to happen. He's played both games since joining this team. And I talked about this yesterday. Rick Carlisle has talked about, uh, you know, one, his veteran presence, because now he is the sage most guy in terms of experience on this team, him and Lance kind of both. Uh, but Tristan's been in the league a little longer, won a title, stuff like that. That that does matter, uh, certainly to a team, especially in a growing team. And, and two, he plays when the new Kings guys play. He plays with Buddy and Tyrese a lot. And he's got chemistry with them that other guys in this roster don't have yet. So maybe later in a couple of weeks, once those two have built up more chemistry with their Pacers teammates, sure, it makes more sense. But I don't know if the Pacers necessarily are in a rush to do that. I don't know if Tristan Thompson, who already has won a championship and made a bunch of money, is dying to either make a little more money or win another ring. He might just be set to be here the rest of the season. It's TBD. I mean, the, the Pacers and his goals have to align for it to happen. And the Pacers would obviously like money savings. They stink and another roster spot doesn't hurt. But if Tristan Thompson doesn't want to, to switch or doesn't want to take a pay cut, they have no reason to buy him out. So he has to be receptive to that for that to happen. And him playing now doesn't mean anything. You know, for him to be playoff eligible for his new team, it has to happen by March 1st, right? So, the, you know, through the All-Star break, Isaiah Jackson's probably just going to be out. He's out against the Bucks tomorrow. There's no point of playing him against the Wizards if he's not playing the game before. Isaiah Jackson's probably out through the All-Star break. We know Miles Turner is out through the all-star break, like they might need Tristan Thompson to literally feel the team these next two days. But when they come out of the break, it's the 25th of February. So all of a sudden you're about four or five days from the buyout deadline. You know, if they come back from the break and Miles is back and Isaiah Jackson's back and he's not even playing on this team, maybe then he's more receptive to, okay, I'll just get even money, but go somewhere where I can win a ring or something. That's up to, that's again, that's up to his goals. But if that happens, you know, those games coming right out of the break, I think, are going to be really crucial to him kind of assessing what his situation is with this franchise. They play OKC, Boston, and Orlando in a four-day stretch uh, coming out of of the All-Star break. You know, if he doesn't play in any of those games, perhaps, you know, the, the situation gets reassessed then. That's what I think the number one most likely thing that happens is. Interestingly, if you buy out Thompson, you know, and how buyouts work is the, the, that difference. His cap hit goes down now because he's paid less cash by the Pacers. Well, it doesn't matter. But because they'd be farther from the tax, they could also then wave Rubio <laughs> and then sign someone to even maybe a little bigger deal. I, it, there's a lot of options that come with that. But, you know, a buyout would be nice for the Pacers, obviously, but it's not up to them. It's up to Tristan Thompson, and he's not valueless to this team. So it's not like they should be kicking down the doors trying to get him to do it. So we'll see what happens there. But those are the two moves that would clear a roster spot the easiest way for the Pacers because Thompson likely has no future with the Pacers. Rubio certainly doesn't. So cutting those guys is very unpainful for the way the Pacers are trending right now. You know, once they get more centers back, like Jalen Smith and Terry Taylor will probably be ahead of Tristan Thompson in the rotation too. He might not even play like in this back-to-back, you know, if those guys can all stay out of foul trouble between Jalen Smith, Terry Taylor, and Goga. You know, perhaps he doesn't even play at all. O'Shea's been starting at the four. 
So we'll see what the future of those two holds. But one consideration with Rubio that I think has to be thought of, this is sort of the case with Thompson, but a little less so, is, you know, let's say there's there's 15 days left in the season and Ricky Rubio is still on the team. And maybe at that point they could decide to waive him and sign someone else for the rest of the season. Like, sure, maybe you want to get a young guy in the door if you're Kevin Pritchard and the Pacers. But if you keep Ricky Rubio on the team, you can sign and trade him this summer. And since all these other teams won't have cap space, that has a little bit of value. That doesn't have a lot of value with him coming up a torn ACL, but does have a little bit of value. So keeping him isn't totally worthless at this point as a guy whose full bird rights could net you something if a team is interested in him this coming summer. So I think there would have to be like the perfect moment where the Pacers decide this is the last day we think we can get more value out of another player versus just keep keeping Ricky into the summer. That's what I think they'll have to consider. And they can even trade him, you know, once the season ends and it's the off season, he's an expiring contract. So actually they can't do that, but they could think about those deals once that time comes, you know, he's trade eligible April 8th. That doesn't matter. So anyway, buyouts and waivers are the ways that the Pacers could. And I think it only really matters for, Rubio and Thompson. Like the other guys with expiring contracts are TJ Warren, who we'll talk about later for other reasons, and Jalen Smith, who, as you all have told me on the internet, you think they should resign, and they probably should. He's young and talented and has looked good in his two games here. Everyone else has more years on their deal next season. So those are the only two guys that make any sense to just straight up cut. Keep for Sykes is really cheap, and you know, he doesn't play in the rotation when they're healthy, so I guess, but he's so cheap that you'd be replacing him with a more expensive player and getting closer to the tax. He's probably safe for that reason alone. So both site or tail, excuse me, holy cow, both Tristan Thompson and Ricky Rubio could in theory be guys that get moved on from. And that would be the prerequisite for any other pacer move, bringing in somebody, converting somebody, changing up their roster, adding someone to the team. If nothing happens by March 1st though, it would probably not happen until, you know, very late in the season. Once they have a lot of clarity on, Turner's bonuses and on Buddy Heald's bonuses, if they know with about 20 days left in the season and there's no buyout that that those guys aren't going to hit their bonuses, then they can confidently, if they wanted to, wave Ricky Rubio and bring someone else in or convert somebody, but they'd have to be really confident. So if there's no Tristan Thompson buyout, then the next most likely thing becomes, to me, a Ricky Rubio waiver. But if there is a buyout, then they can do a lot more stuff. And what is that stuff? What does a roster spot allow the Pacers to do the rest of the season? something the Thunder have already done, something the Jazz have already done, bring in someone else or convert someone's deal. Let's talk about those options. But first, let's talk about the good folks over at betonline.net. Football might be over for this season after that wonderful Super Bowl, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. March Madness is seriously like two weeks away. It's right around the corner for all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where to find the next fired coach, where's he going to land? BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, sports podcasts, and your sports news this season, and not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, your favorite Olympic coverage and information. As that rolls on, you got to head over to their website or use your mobile device to get there and learn more about the trends in the action. That's BetOnline.net. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Pacers your first listen every single day. Hope everybody has a good Valentine's Day for your YouTube watchers. I'm wearing red in the spirit of the holiday. For your second listen, check out Lockdown Bucks. Giannis is hurt, but Pacers Bucks tonight should be super fun if he's able to play. If he's not, whatever. Should be super fun anyway. They still have an all-star on their side. Let's talk about what else the Pacers can do this season. And in theory, they could waive anybody and sign a player or convert a player. But I think the first segment had to go first because if the Pacers do buy out Tristan Thompson or do waive Ricky Rubio or maybe 
on the off chance they find a reason to move on from Kiefer Sykes. They'll have an open roster spot. They are technically shy of the tax, although they still have to be careful with it. They could sign somebody. They could bring someone to their team. So what we've seen in the recent days, uh, Aaron Wiggins is one of these guys. Uh, he was with OKC, and what Aaron Wiggins just did, he got a four-year, $4.6 million deal with OKC. A lot of that is non-guaranteed, but he was on a two-way contract, which is why I'm starting by talking about Aaron Wiggins. His deal got converted to a standard contract. And so if one of if there becomes an open roster spot for whatever reason, I think Terry Taylor and Dwayne Washington would be the places to start for the Pacers. I would put those two guys probably over any free agent the Pacers could bring in right now who's available of any you know young available free agent or G League level guy. It seems like the two two-way guys who play for them every game now. They're in the rota- Pacers rotation right now. They've both shown this season that they can be valuable. I don't know who I'd rank higher. I think I'd put Dwayne above Terry right now, but I would understand either choice. I mean, there's not a bad choice between those two guys. If you only have one spot, if you have two, maybe convert both. But anyway, converting their deal to a contract that is is more than one season or is three seasons, like almost like a rookie scale kind of deal that you can then, you know, put your team options on the back or your non-guarantees or whatever. So you have more team control of them. Like that seems like something that'd be smart for the Pacers. I mean, Dwayne looks like a, like a guy who can help any team off the bench as, you know, a valuable shooter. He makes quick decisions. His defense is definitely really rough, but he's got to grow into that. But his offense looks really good and polished already for a rookie, definitely a streaky shooter. But you know, if you give him the minimum and it doesn't work out, then whatever. That's a guy you'd like to gamble on. And Terry Taylor, same thing. He's got a super unique skill set. Best rebounder. I mean, one of the best rebounders for his size literally in the NBA right now as a rookie. Good finisher, good second jump. Maybe they want to explore what that can be long term. So that is something they could do if they get this open roster spot. And something they can do the rest of the season is convert those two-way deals to a standard deal that's longer than one season and doesn't expire at the end of this year like their two-way contract does. That would allow them to keep those guys maybe into next year. That would allow them to have those options and flexibility, which is always nice for the Pacers. You know, Kevin Pritchard's always very, very good and peculiar about keeping his paths open and having lots of options on what he can do. I think if they could get a two-way guy to convert to a deal with team options, that would be something the Pacers could pursue. And they could even re-sign both those guys in the offseason anyway. They can make them restricted free agents and keep them around anyway. But why not get it done now and reward them for a good play, especially if you're already saving the money by buying out Tristan Thompson? And the other advantage to doing it now during the season, if, if this is even an option for them, is if you convert one or both of Terry Taylor and Dwayne Washington to the standard roster, now a two-way spot opens up. And in a normal season, and I forgot this was the case this year a couple of weeks ago, if you guys remember, you, there is no deadline this season for signing two-way deals. So they could backfill that spot with someone else, try them out for a few games, see how they fit, and that there's no cap hit there. So that could be a creative way for them to get a little cheaper and more distance from the tax, honestly, if they could find a way to pull that off, is do that and then get another two-way guy in that you'd want to sniff around. I don't know exactly who they might go for, Nate Hinton, Seems like a guy that Rick Carlisle really likes who has been with the Mad Ants a lot this season. You know, that'd be where I start uh, my guesses for, for who it could be. But there's a number of guys who could make any amount of sense. You know, maybe they want just more wings in general. Nate Hinton's a solid enough player, though. Maybe they go that route. So that that's something they could do. They could convert a two-way guy and then sign someone new to a two-way if a roster spot is open. They can do that the rest of the season. You know, they signed O'Shea Brissett last season after waving jail in the queue in the middle of the season. And they signed Brissett to a 10-day. That's something else the Pacers can do. Hey, good segue there. Outside of converting someone, if they are able to open a roster spot, they could also sign someone 
to attend a deal. And that's always pretty valuable. You know, get them in, see if they fit your culture, see if they can contribute on the floor. You know, two years ago, Steph Hicks was here for 10 days, didn't do much of anything. Trey McKinney-Jones was here for 10 days. He played in one game for about 40 seconds. Sometimes that's it. That's all. That's all they do. But sometimes you get your O'Shaper sets in the door and they look wonderful, you know, and, and those 10-day deals can turn into something else. So maybe that's what they could try to do if they get a free roster spot. In 10 days, If you know, that, those seem like they'd be more likely if Ricky Rubio just gets waived because 10-day cap hits are really cheap. That It would still let the Pacers breathe a little easy with their concerns with the luxury tax and, and bonuses and such. So 10 days seems somewhat likely if they can't agree to a buyout as what they would do if they could just cut Rubio. But... You know, maybe at that point, you'd, like I talked about in the first segment, you'd rather just keep Rubio's bird rights. That's something they'll have to consider as they navigate their way into the summer. But even beyond 10 days, you know, Daniel House just signed a rest of the season contract with the Utah Jazz last week. And Lou Cornett did the same thing with Boston. You know, they could just sign someone for the rest of the season or even like like the Kevin Pritchard special, the one plus a second year team option or one plus two team options with a non-guarantee in the last year, whatever. There's a million paths you could pick for a rest of season deal. If they decide to keep their two-way guys on two ways because they know they'll be restricted, they can play in every game the rest of the season. I mean, that would it's not like a jerk move. You know, they agreed to the contract originally, but you know, it's a little bit of like, ah, come on, you know, they kind of earned it. But if they, you know, it's not a big deal if they just keep those guys there and say, oh, we got an open roster spot. Let's bring in someone else that's young that we like that we think could fit in. Maybe Justin Anderson with the Mad Ants, who was with the Pacers earlier this season on a hardship 10-day could be an option. I mean, there's a million guys that make some sense as a choice. Justin Anderson was kind of good. You know, his deal got cut short by him himself going into COVID protocols while being a hardship player, but he has experience with Carlisle. He actually showed some utility for the Pacers this season. He plays on the wing, which is always a good position to be looking for more value at. You know, the Pacers could bring in him. Maybe, you know, what, what's Edmund Sumner doing now as he rehabs from his Achilles injury last year? Like, if he's healthy, why not sneak him in on a 10-day, see what he's at health-wise? These are just options. I'm not saying any of these things specifically could happen, but I am saying that these are options the Pacers could have if they move on from some of their vets or if they're able to clear a roster spot and get some distance from the tax. If they're not able to get distance from the tax, they're kind of limited to just maybe converting someone uh, or a 10-day just because those are the cheapest options and the tax is scary. But these are things they can do. You know, They could look into adding someone to the team. And for a young team, you know, Rubio's older and out for the year and on an expiring deal and Thompson's older, getting some youth in just, just to see what they are, see if they can be a part of your next team could definitely be valuable for this franchise. That's something I can see them pursuing for sure. Uh, I don't know. exactly. You know, it could be a wing. It could be anything. I mean, they, they really depth in any position when you're, uh, you're looking for the future and adding to the team, it could really be any position, but I mean, you can never have enough wings. And right now they're back up four as a center, right? You know, maybe bring in a guy you think can play four a little bit. So we'll see. But those are options, I think, that exist for the Pacers the rest of the season if they're able to open up a roster spot or if they're willing to, to part ways with Rubio's bird rights late in the season. Those could be options that keep them under the tax, still let them change up the team a little bit uh, and go forward. Maybe Reggie Perry could sneak back in for some minutes. You know, His hardship 10-day just expired. He played fine in his one game, and he could play the four. He's not super tall. Maybe he could get a 10-day down the line as well. I unfortunately didn't get to cover too much of his stint despite a long conversation with him at practice one day uh, because of a lot of stuff that happened with his team between Lance and all the trades and things like that. But you know, he provided some value to his team. Maybe he could be a, a, an asset. So there's one more thing, key thing, realistic thing-ish, realistic-ish, that could happen 
the rest of the season for the Pacers. That's contract extensions. There are two guys that stand out in this area. In fact, I think there are only two guys who are even eligible. TJ Warren and Ricky Rubio. We'll talk about that. Let's talk about contract extensions if the Pacers should and could pursue them the rest of this season. But first, let's talk about the great people over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars ever. They have this peanut butter brownie flavored chocolate. Oh, it's so good. You have to try them yourself. If you're like me, you're sticking to a New Year's resolution, and Built Bar is a great way to do that. They also have these puffs flavors that are delicious too. Sorry, I'm just ranting about how delicious they are. But they are protein bars that are 100% covered in chocolate. They're really soft and easy to chew. They come in a bunch of flavors that's texture kind of matches the flavors. Like some of them are crunchier, some of them are chewier. They've got some cinnamony ones, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all really good. They're all 100% covered in chocolate. They're all low calorie. They're all high protein. You can stop eating candy bars. Eat a Built Bar instead. You'll like it just as much, but it's way healthier. You can see all the macros on Built.com. You can see all the flavors there. You can get a variety pack. Whatever you want, they've got it for you. And So many listeners have told me that they love them. you got to try them yourself. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You'll get 15% off your order. That promo code again, LOCKED15, for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Pacers your first listen every single day let's talk about contract extensions the last thing in our transaction frenzy of lockdown pacers podcasts because tomorrow we're talking games 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 extensions two guys are extension eligible really it's extensions are confusing usually guys on expiring deals in general are extension eligible if they've been in the league for a while but tristan thompson's not because his deal is only two years and jalen smith's not because his deal is only two years it, it's not worth talking about right now who is and isn't. Miles Turner will be extension eligible in the offseason, but he's not right now. But Ricky Rubio and TJ Warren are right now for the rest of the season for this Pacers team. They are different limits on their extensions. Let's just get Rubio out of the way pretty quickly. The reasons to extend him are basically if they think there's no way that TJ McConnell's on their team next year and there's no way that Malcolm Brogdon's on their team next year and they want to do Rubio a favor and like try him as their back. I, I mean, honestly, this is just me thinking of some stupid reason why they would do this, but there is no reason the Pacers should extend Ricky Rubio. I mean, he's out for the year. He has a torn ACL. Who knows how good he's going to be next year? He's definitely not in a team's future plans. It has Tyrese Halliburton, Malcolm Brogdon, and TJ McConnell on the team and Lance Stevenson, frankly, on the team. There's no reason to bring Ricky Rubio into the fold for any future seasons unless there, again, is like no chance any of those guys are coming back, which would also stun me. So they could offer Rubio an extension up to a starting amount of like $18.7 million next year. A three-year, $60 million extension, technically legal for Ricky Rubio. No way the Pacers are doing that. I'm just explaining the option because I want to talk about everything on the table, but they're not going to do that. I mean, that, there's just no reason. There's no reason to extend Ricky Rubio. They can't extend him and trade him during the season anyway. And so then the value is just let's sign and trade him if we think his bird rights are valuable because if you extend him and then you can't trade him, you've shot yourself in the foot. So no chance. There's just no chance. The max is only a three-year extension as well because he just got traded. So technically it would call be called an extended trade or fall under those rules instead of normal extension rules. Very confusing. It's not worth explaining. But the Pacers could extend Ricky Rubio, but they won't. I just wanted to fill it in to the extension section. A guy they could extend is TJ Warren, who has not played a game this season. Some of you just groaned. Why would they sign TJ Warren to an extension? He hasn't played a game in 
13 months now, well over that, approaching 14 months. He hasn't played. He's played four games in the last two seasons. Last time he played was December 2021. Why would the Pacers extend him? Well, the injury is exactly why they would consider it to me because his value is really low right now. And here's the trouble with this. TJ Warren will be a free agent. He could sign anywhere and get any deal this coming summer. So an extension now would just be for him to lock up some security while he's hurt. But if he knows that that kind of offers on the table for him, he could just wait till free agency. So the only reason this would happen is if he has, I don't not even necessarily he has another setback. Maybe he just decides before he plays another game that he wants to lock in the money now. Because once he starts playing and, and his value is kind of set in or becomes more obvious for next season, it'll be harder to extend him because, he, again, he's a free agent in a couple months and could sign anywhere, get better offers. So the only way TJ Warren would get extended to me is if it happens before he returns. Now, the max extension the Pacers can offer TJ Warren before the season ends is four years, $68.2 million. It starts at $15.2 million a year. And then there'd be about $3 million of bonuses on there. So it could max out if he hits all the – it's the same bonuses he has in his current track date. About four years, $71 million additional on his on – on top of what he's currently owed. And he is probably – so for a while, the problem you know, with, with Bubble Warren and then how he was playing at the beginning of last season when he played for four games was no chance he's taking that, right? He's worth way more than that. But then he hasn't played in all this time and all of a sudden it's like, well – do you even want to pay him that? That seems risky, right? So he definitely is not worth that much right now. And the Patriots could get him for that. And if they wanted to do two for 31 or whatever that two-year max extension is and then still have his full bird rights on the end and Warren gets two years guaranteed, that's not crazy to me. That's a lot of money for TJ Warren given what he's had and provided the last two seasons of his career. But that's not crazy to me. That said, he's super injury prone. This team is clearly changing directions Having the flexibility in the offseason seems to have value. I think the only way a TJ Warren extension makes sense is if it's a cheapo extension. You know, if it's less than he makes now, and at that point, why would Warren take it? So I think, you know, there, there is potentially a happy medium where before Warren plays, him and his agency or whatever decide, yeah, I want to be an indie, and I don't know how good I'm going to be when I return from this thing. You know, I'll take a two-year, $25 million extension or something. And maybe the Pacers say, you know what, that's a good risk for us. We'll do that. That is not insane to me that they could come to that sort of agreement. But any long thing, you know, three or four years, that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And any short, bloated, one-year thing, I guess that makes sense. But Warren seems like he's taking on a lot of risk if he does that. So it's a hard, happy medium to find. There could They could, in theory, find some options in there to make things a little better, but you know, it has to total a certain amount of time and length. They can't really do a one-year extension. No, they could do a one-year extension. So anyway, I think it's possible that Pacers and Warren come to an agreement if there is that happy medium. But I think what's more likely both, and this is probably desirable for both Warren and the Pacers, is in the summer, they circle back around and say, let's do a one-plus player option year with some funky, unlikely bonuses in there so that if you play to the level you think you can – or that you have been in the past, great, you get the money that you were worth back then. And if you don't, now you have two years of of money out there for you to windfall and land on from your injury. That's what I think is more likely, but it's not insane to me that the Pacers and Warren could come to an extension agreement before the end of the season. And again, technically they could do that with Rubio, but why? I mean, I mean, why, 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 right? 
And the other thing with Warren is maybe the Pacers decide, hey, having his full bird rights and being able to sign and trade him has some value to us too. We don't want to extend him, right? That's not crazy to me either. So the extension game is pretty unlikely to me for both Rubio for obvious reasons and Warren for less reasons, but still some. But, you know, it's possible. There are routes that make it make some sense, but I don't think the Pacers will be coming to an agreement on any sort of extension with any of their eligible players. No one else is eligible for one. Just those two guys are. So we'll see what happens. I think it's pretty possible that either Rubio or Thompson don't finish the season on the Pacers and that something happens with the two-way guys or someone else is brought in for like 10 days at the end of the year. But we'll see. I mean, the, the tax, it makes this scary for the Pacers spending any more money. This season is certainly something they probably don't want to do because they're 20 games under 500 right now. So being cheap has does have utility for this franchise. I totally understand that at this point in time. And I think they're going to you know, be, be looking very much towards future seasons. And so if they can get those sort of team options and non-guarantees next year, they'll probably prioritize that over anyone who would just take a one-year deal or anything like that. That's everything the Pacers can do the rest of this season, thus concluding transaction week. Really, it's been seven podcasts a week at plus on Lockdown Pacers, although we did talk about games yesterday. I had a good time using cap knowledge to break stuff down for you guys. Let me know if you think any of these moves make any sense on Twitter. I'm at T East NBA and the show's at Lockdown Pacers. Or if I said something really stupid, because I do that every single day. We'll be back tomorrow talking Pacers, Bucks, how the game went, how the new guys looked, what to watch for in the Wizards game, all the fun, actual basketball stuff, because that's what matters. And that's what the Pacers are, a basketball team. Thank you guys a ton for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.